Welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This is the morning service of Sunday the 17th of April 2011, entitled Realities of Life, and the Bible reading is taken from John chapter 3, verse 16. This service is in honour and loving memory of Seth Bieber. Here's Pastor Larry T. Curtis. One of the best-known Christian hymns that... Uh, uh, certainly is out there. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. As we stand to sing together. Again, good morning. We're so grateful to have you in God's house this morning. If you noticed in your bulletin right at the top, it simply says that our services today are in honor and loving memory of Seth Beaver. As we offer our praise and worship, we want to thank God for the life and the testimony of this our precious brother, the influence and the impact that he's had upon our lives. And we can celebrate that because of the confidence that we have of knowing most assuredly we're not here today to celebrate death, but we can certainly celebrate life because we know that he is alive 
and well and in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ, even as we meet here today. Philippians chapter 1, verse 3 says, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. Of course, as we remember Seth today, Seth was a 17-year-old young man that was full of life. <laughs> he loved to laugh. <laughs> he loved life in general. But I thank God that we can have the confidence of knowing that uh, above all that, he loved the Lord. Um, of course, this is our, our first time that uh, I've been back with you since we got the the news following our Sunday evening service three Sundays ago. And, uh, of course, on the Monday, there were all kinds of things that God had to sort out. Uh, we were able to, uh, uh, to head across and to be with them, uh, to be there for the, the funeral services and to be with the, uh, with the Beaver family. And, uh, and, of course, you know, I, it's certainly been an emotional roller coaster. I, you know, I think that... Uh, uh, that certainly uh, uh, to each and one of you that uh, just as ourselves that loved him so dearly, uh, you know, what a shock. Uh, and I guess that uh, as we, we want to do two things today. I know that, uh, that many of you uh, and the Beavers know that you would have been there uh, with them uh, during this time if it had been at all possible. And... Uh, and I was just so grateful that uh, the Lord allowed uh, Amber and Tyler and myself to go back, and they knew that uh, we brought all of your love and that we represented all of you there. Uh, it's been, you know, take this in the right way, it's been great to see what God has done. Um, I remember that uh, um, one of the last things that... Uh, um, I guess in one of our last conversations that I had with, with Brother Brian before, uh, before leaving them, uh, as we stood there at the uh, the cemetery, and uh, and of course you know, we'd had our crying times and we'd done a lot of praying and a lot of talking and whatnot. But uh, following that, we stood there and, and uh, he looked at me and he said, "Is it wrong to rejoice?" <laughs> He said, I can't express how much I miss my son. But he said, uh, he said, I can still rejoice in my heart because I know where he's at. And he said, I can just vividly see him there with the Lord Jesus Christ and with his grandpa that's gone on before him. And, uh, and you know, the Bible says that uh, uh, the death of a saint is precious in the eyes of the Lord. Now, that doesn't make any sense whatsoever to a lost world out there. Um, but uh, when we begin to grasp and understand, and I'm going to hopefully try to do a, uh, a little better job of expressing a few thoughts to you today than, uh, uh, than I did at the funeral because I think I was in survival mode, uh, uh, still in shock, and, and, and we want to share a few of the things of what... Uh, uh, the Lord did there, and, and that's, as we honor Seth today, uh, we want to do a couple of things. I want to encourage you by some of the things that uh, 
that God has done and is still doing through this young man's life. Uh, I want to uh, encourage you with some of the things that God has uh, uh, has done over these past few weeks, um, but I also, also want to encourage you uh, because we're here truly to celebrate life. Uh, and as Christians, uh, we, want to, uh, we want to remember him today. And we can do so in a very special way only because that his love for the Lord Jesus Christ was genuine and real. And this young man knew life other than just the fleshly life that seems to have been so short. And we want to look at a few of those things, uh, and I hope that it can be an encouragement to you. And, of course, this morning and this evening, um, uh, this evening I know that some of you uh, have some, some, some thoughts, some words that you want to express, uh, that you need to express, uh, some of them over uh, just your love for, for Seth and what he meant to you, uh, some over things that God has said to you and spoken to you and shown you uh, through all of this over this past uh, few weeks now. And so uh, I trust and pray that, that today can be uh, an encouragement, an uplift to you as we remind ourselves um, of, of the love of this young man, of the love that he had for the Lord and his love for you and his love for the Lord. And I, I pray that it will... Uh, uh, be a time of, of, of speaking to your hearts in a way that will encourage you and, and bless you. Now, what we're going to, uh, uh, to do at this time, the first hymn that we sang there uh, was the first hymn that we uh, sang at the funeral, Amazing Grace, How Sweet the Sound, uh, that saved a wretch like me. Uh, it's God's amazing grace. You know, that's the thing that, uh, that makes all the difference in the world. Uh, to each and every one of us. Um, and we're going to sing this next song, which I think is very appropriate, and we're going to uh, do this for our offertory. I'm not going to go through all the announcements. I think they're listed out correctly for you in the bulletin. The things that aren't listed there, the things that we've got to reshuffle and, and, and figure out what we're doing because uh, uh, things have kind of caught us by surprise and some things will have to be moved around a bit. But I've tried to list the things for you that uh, that we do know for for sure there. But uh, you know, I believe that uh, again we can rejoice today because that uh, uh, Seth could certainly sing this next song from uh, from his heart, and uh, and I hope that you can sing it from your heart for a couple of reasons this morning, uh, because that you know uh, your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, is based on the reality of, of God's Word and what Jesus Christ has done for you, not just feelings and emotions and religion, uh, but that it's real uh, and that uh, you can say it is well with my soul. And also because I know this morning, uh, uh, you know, I'm, I, I never claim to be uh, uh, um, a strong macho guy, I'm sure that we're going to shed some tears and hopefully laugh and do a lot of things together today. But, uh, you know, we can even say uh, in our own, uh, yes, we can sorrow over the absence of, of Seth being with us here, but we can rejoice not only in the fact of where he is today, but where one day we can join him with absolute certainty. 
And so even in that, uh, I hope that you can sing from your heart, It is well with my soul. soul it is well 
It is well with my soul. I thought too. It is well with my soul. It is well, it is well with my soul. Father, we thank you so much for this day. We thank you, Lord, that we have... Uh, this place where we can come and worship you. We thank you, Lord, for the freedom that we have to come and meet together as believers. Lord, we thank you for the song we just uh, sang, Lord, that it, uh, it is only true because you sent your Son and he took our place, Lord. He took the wrath that we deserved upon yourself. Thank you so much, Lord, that we can sing this and that we can really mean it from our hearts. And also about your return, Father, that we we will see you one day, whether we're here for your return or return with you. Lord, we just thank you so much for the life of our dear brother Seth. And uh, Lord, we just pray that everything that's done here uh, in remembrance of him, Lord, may be honoring to you as well. And as we celebrate his life and uh, his love for you. And Lord, we thank you for the opportunity also to be able to give back uh, what already belongs to you, Father. And uh, we just pray that you um, bless this distribution to go exactly where it needs to be, Lord, according to your will and wisdom. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, let's just uh, go to the Lord in prayer. And, and again, we want to give God thanks for the time that he will allow us to have together here today. We do want to continue to pray for uh, the Beaver family. God's grace would uh, uh, undermine them and support them and hold them up. And that, uh, uh, again, thank God for uh, their ministry. That God continue to use them greatly in that that he's called them to do. Uh, committing our time today to the Lord's hands, uh, again, just praying that, uh, that God would meet with us, uh, that his Holy Spirit would, uh, would be real, and that he would speak. You know, God knows each and every one of your hearts this morning. He knows each and every need that you have. And he is perfectly capable to meet those needs. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our Father and our God, we are so grateful, Lord, to be able to be here today in your house. Thanking you so much, Lord, for this privilege and this opportunity that we have. Lord, to come together. Father, we realize that as we come for this special purpose today, Lord, that uh, as great as our love is for Seth, we, we know, Lord, that no one loved him more than you. 
Father, we thank you that he knew that love and that he responded to that love. Father, we thank you that uh, as we come here today that we can have the confidence of knowing without a shadow of a doubt that he is eternally there with you. Father, that we can have that assurance of knowing in our hearts that one day we can see him again. Lord, you know the hearts of each one here today. You know those that need to be strengthened and encouraged. You know those that belong to you. You know those that belong to you that are walking afar. You know those that are lost that need to be saved. Father, we commit these into your hands. We pray, Lord, that you would take and Lord, that you would do the work in hearts that only you can do. We certainly pray that everything that we say and do would be pleasing to you, would bring glory and honor to you. And Father, we pray that, Lord, as we uh, respond to your word today, uh, that the work would be done in each and every one of our lives that only you can do. For it's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen and amen. All right, as we continue to sing a few of the songs that I think are appropriate, that not only Seth enjoyed, but that are very appropriate with the thoughts that we want to express here today. And the first one is Such Love. Such love, pure as the whitest snow, such love, weeps for the shame I know, such love, paying the debt I owe, Jesus, such love, such love, stealing my restlessness, such love, filling my
in Christ alone my hope is found he is my light my strength my song this cornerstone this solid ground firm through the fiercest drought and storm what heights of love what depths of peace when fears are stilled when striving cease my comforter my all in all here in the love of christ i stand in christ alone who took on flesh fullness of god in helpless babe this gift of love and righteousness scorned by the ones he came to save till on that cross as jesus died the wrath of god was satisfied for every sin on him was laid here in the death of christ i live there in the ground his body lay light of the world by darkness slain then bursting forth in glorious day up from the grave he rose again and as he stands in victory since curse has lost its grip on me for i am his and he is mine bought with the precious blood of christ no guilt in life no fear in death this is the power of christ in me for life's first cry to final breath jesus commands my destiny no power of help no scheme of man can never pluck me from his hand till he returns or calls me home here in the power of christ i'll stand what an amazing truth truth is that none of us know when that call will come we can stand in the power Jesus Christ conquered death for each and every one of us. How deep the Father's love for us.
How deep the Father's love for us How vast beyond all measure That He should give His only Son To make a wretch His treasure How great the pain of searing loss The Father turns His face away As wounds which mar the Chosen One Bring many sons to glory My sin upon his shoulders Ashamed I hear my mocking voice Call out among the scoffers It was my sin that held him there Until it was accomplished His dying breath has brought me life I know that it is finished I will not boast in anything No gifts No power, no wisdom But I will boast in Jesus Christ His death and resurrection Why should I gain from His reward? I cannot give an answer But this I know with all my heart His wounds have paid my ransom All right, I'm going to, uh, I guess that's Tyler and Amber to, uh, to come at this time. And uh, this was a song that we sang on the Sunday night uh, following uh, the, the funeral uh, in our home churches. We, uh, uh, again, uh, tried to uh, think of some thoughts concerning Seth and remembering him there. And, uh, and I think that, you know, that uh, it's just a great old hymn that the words never get old. Uh, and, of course, it's at times when we're facing many of the emotions of life, when we're facing things that sometimes at our very best, we don't have all of the answers for them. Um, but Fanny Crosby put it wonderfully 
in the great old hymn when she wrote it, Jesus, keep me near the cross, there a precious fountain. Free to all a healing stream flows from Calvary's mountain. In the cross, in the cross, be my glory ever, till my raptured soul shall find rest beyond the river. Jesus, keep me near the cross, there a precious
when Seth was with us in our home just a few weeks before they went back, well, just a few weeks before the, the incident took place, just before they left here to go back home, we were hitting in there one evening. And uh, we're talking about favorite Bible verses. And uh, so he said, well, f- he said, for most of my life, he said, my favorite Bible verse was Jesus wept. And uh, he laughed and he said, he said, that was the easiest one for me to memorize. Amen. <laughs> And uh, but then he uh, he went on and he shared that uh, though that it was probably one of the best known verses in all of the Bible, that uh, his favorite verse is the one that's on the screen before you, John chapter three and verse sixteen. And there's probably not a verse that could be quoted by more people uh, on the planet than John chapter three and verse sixteen. I remember after. Of course, the shock of the call and everything that took place, and as we were uh, flying across on the uh, airplane, and of course, still trying to recover from the shock, and my mind was thinking, you know, well, you know, what, uh, what am I going to say? Uh, what can I say? Uh, and of course, uh, I told Brian and Veronica afterwards that, you know, such a tremendous honor to give me the opportunity uh, to say something at Seth's funeral. Uh, And yet, you know, there were so many things I would have liked to have said that I simply could not say. Uh, There's lots of things that I would like to say here this morning, but if I say them to you, I'll have to say them to you privately uh, because I simply cannot say them uh, and be able to to keep the composure that's required of me as your pastor up here. I told them that, that in the funeral, there's so many things that I wanted to say, but I knew that if I went there, I'd never make it. Uh, and I prayed for God just to give me grace to share something uh, that would have some meaning. And, and of course, as I was flying over, I was asking God all of these questions, you know, Lord, and, and it just seemed like that, you know, it's, it's funny at the time that I knew that I felt the Lord certainly impressed me that I didn't want to mourn over the death, though I mourned greatly over the loss uh, that I was feeling within me. I wanted to dwell on life, um, what his life had meant, as well as the life that he still had. And it didn't even dawn on me when I first began to think of John three sixteen and and I was sitting there, and I was typing away, and I was trying to put a few uh, thoughts together. And it was actually later that it came to me that this was actually Seth's favorite verse. And so there were really four simple thoughts. There's, I mean, who, you know that there's so many things that could be said about John 3.16. But my mind first went back to something that James had said in, uh, in James chapter 4. And in verse 14, when he says, Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. 
you know not what shall be on the morrow. None of us know what tomorrow holds. You know, I would never have dreamed, and I don't know, a hundred, a thousand, a million years probably, as I stood in this pulpit last time preaching that the next time that I stood here that all that has taken place could have taken place. It would never even have entered the possibilities of a mind, my mind in thinking that it would be. But you know, none of us know what tomorrow holds. It can be the farthest thing that we could ever possibly imagine. James is asking us a very simple heart-searching question here. What is your life? What is your life? And then he gives an answer. It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. Many, many questions come to mind when people leave this world. There's always all those what-ifs, if-onlys. I wish I had done this, or I wish I had said this, or I wish this, that, or the other. But we can't bring it back. What is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little while, and then vanisheth away. We've all seen the vapor. The kettle is coming to the boil or something is coming to the boil and you see that that vapor that just comes up and it's there and then it just disperses and it's gone. Many people get angry. How could God do this? How could God take one that was so young? How could God take a life that had so much potential. Why would God take someone that loved him so? You see, I said earlier that, you know, you couldn't be around Seth without enjoying a little bit of life. That was Seth. He enjoyed living. He enjoyed life. He enjoyed doing the things. And, you know, one of the things that I remember so vividly from the last trip here was that Something else had changed in Seth. He loved as a 17-year-old. You see, yes, he'd been raised in the, in the pastor's home, and he had all these expectations, and we find that he comes to that point in life when many choices have to be made for himself. You know, one thing that was so refreshing is that not only does Seth still love life and Still like to laugh, but he he loved using his life for the Lord. He was so excited about what God was doing in our sister church there in Regalwood, North Carolina, Bethel Baptist Church. <laughs> he was so excited to be able to, to have a part in the music. It was really quite amazing for those that uh, had seen him maybe two years before what God had allowed him to, to do musically even in this past year of his life, less than a year. But he was excited 
because he loved being able to do that for the Lord. And he, he loved what the Lord was doing. And he, and he loved all the people that God was bringing in. And they, they meant so much to him. And that, and that was something that he was doing, not because he was the preacher's kid, not because it was expected of him, but because it's what he wanted to do. And he loved doing it. When James asked the question here, what is your life? You see, that Sunday morning, just as we are gathered here, that Sunday morning they had met for their time of worship. That Sunday morning Seth had been playing his guitar and serving the Lord through the music of their church. When church had finished, he had gone home literally long enough to change clothes and head back out in just a few hundred feet from where they had met to worship. He never knew that this life that James is speaking of, that that vapor was about to vanish. You see, the thing is, though, folks, whether it's 17 years or 117 years, I think it was just the other day that the oldest man now living on earth at 114 died. Whether you were that 114 or whether you were 17, when you begin to think in light of eternity, boy, it's all just a vapor. I can promise you, I can still remember 17 very vividly, and it doesn't seem that long ago. <laughs> Life is a vapor. It's like a vapor that appeareth for a little while, and then it vanisheth away. You see, the reason so many times these questions we ask because we are the ones that are limited by time. We worry about it because we only have so much of it. We don't know how much we have. But we know that we only have so much of it in this life. But can you imagine God who is outside of time? God who knows no boundaries of time. You see, regardless of the number of years we have here, it is short in this physical realm. And that's what James talks. James is talking about. People get angry. They say, why would God do this? Or why would God let it happen if he's such a, a God of love? The truth is we can begin to speculate so many things. You know, I try to think, well, what's the alternative? For those that don't have a God, that don't believe in a God, then it comes back to all of these natural things. If they had been one minute earlier or one minute later, you know, in our day and age, our 16-year-olds, even mature enough to really be out there with a couple of thousand-pound vehicle, is deadly. What if the young lady that's being charged for texting on a mobile phone while driving an automobile. You see, if we begin to look at the alternative, if we really think that Seth Beaver is no longer with us because of some of those things, then life really does become a waste. It really does become a waste. But I want to put to you this morning, God was not caught by accident we call it an accident, a tragic accident that took place 
on a highway. It was no accident. He did not catch God by surprise. The thing that we can take such great comfort in this morning and the thing that I want to focus upon is that this life that James is speaking of here in James chapter 4, he is speaking in this physical realm, in this life that is in the, the boundaries of time, this life that we live in this mortal flesh. I put a note in your bulletins, Seth Hayden Beaver 7 September 1993 to 27 March 2011, 17 years in mortal flesh, but eternity in immortal glory. You see, this life, folks, Seth Beaver had an impact on our lives in different ways. Well, many of us here today, he had a great impact on our lives. The question that James is asking is, what is your life? You need to stop and consider. Because Seth Beaver would never have imagined he was planning for his days in the Marine Corps. He would never imagine that it was going to vanish on that Sunday afternoon. What is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little while and then vanisheth away. That is this life. I want you to look at two places in Scripture. First of all, in 1 John chapter 5, 1 John chapter 5, beginning in verse 9, he says, If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. Well, this is the witness of God, which he hath testified of his Son. He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. He that believeth not God hath made him a liar, because he believeth not the record that God gave of his Son. And this is the record, that God hath given to us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that ye may know that ye have eternal life and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. You see, there is another life. James is speaking of that physical life, that life that is bound up in time, that life that is here in the temporal, in this flesh. You don't know what will be on tomorrow. And it's short at its very best. But God is speaking here of another life, a life that can only be found in His Son. And He says if you don't have that, then you don't have life. It's not that temporal life that people have in the flesh, but it's a life everlasting, a life eternal that is ours in the Lord Jesus Christ. In the Gospel of John, chapter 3, verse 16, 
For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation, that light is come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For every one that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. In Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 3, God said, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. And we can say a lot of things there. I want, to, I want you just to simply, if I can give you something to remember about Seth Beaver this morning, it's the life of Seth Beaver. Not just the temporal life that was taken from us three Sundays ago, the 27th of March, but on the eternal life, the everlasting life, the life which he is still living, and the life which he will live for all of eternity. Because you see, if we take that simple word life, we could say many things, but remember this, life is about love. You see, Seth's favorite verse, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. God loved so much that he was willing to lay down his life for the world. I guess that the thought that sometimes has been quoted many times by the writer Tennyson from the poem that it's better to have loved than lost than never to have loved at all. You see, the simple truth is, folks, love costs something. God's love for you cost him his only begotten son on the tree called Calvary. God's love for you. He was willing to prove it by laying down his life. Now, this may be unbelievable to many that do not know the Lord Jesus Christ. But I believe that if you're here today and you know Christ as I do and as Seth did, I believe that you can maybe begin to grasp that there are people in this world that you love so dearly, and yet the only life they have is that temporal life. They know nothing of the life that can only be found 
in Jesus Christ alone. That hurts because we love them so. It hurts when we think of the absence of Seth. We think of that laugh no longer being here, that big, husky, strong lad that had an even bigger heart. <laughs> Try to be so gruff, but he had such a heart for people. It was hard not to love him. You'd have to try very hard <laughs> because he loved people. It's hard not to love when you are being loved. We can only love God because he first loved us. Seth's life was a life of love. He loved others and it made, easy, made it easy for others to love him. You know, I can't ask him, but I believe that I would be right in saying this, that as much as he loved this life, this temporal life that he spent 17 years in, I believe that because of the eternal life that he had, I believe that Seth's love was such that if he thought that what happened that fateful Sunday afternoon would bring people that he loved, to know this life eternal, I don't think he would have hesitated for a moment. The truth is, is that God had a purpose in what happened that day. You may or may not ever know it, but I want to share a few things with you because you see, love, life is about love. But secondly, life is not only about love, but the I in life, life is about the individual. For God so loved the whole world, everybody, that love for all of mankind. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever. It becomes individualized. He loved everybody. But each individual has the opportunity, and that's what he goes on to share here. When the light has come into the world, sin doesn't want that light. <laughs> the flesh doesn't want it because it doesn't want those sins to be shown up. But Jesus Christ came as the light. He comes to the individual. You see, how many of you so many times have talked about your love for mankind in general, your love for lost souls, which is good. But you see, that's not the same as your love for an individual called Seth Beaver. <laughs> you see, your heart breaks because you loved him individually, who he was. You find that it's that individual. Jesus came to die on the cross, and it was sufficient for all. But it was to show the individual that he loved them. It was for the individual sin. And all the religion and all of the best wishes, all of the good intentions, all of it in the world will not do what only the individual can do when he humbles himself before a holy God and cries out only for mercy. 
because of what Jesus Christ did for him when he shed his blood, when he paid the sin debt. Life is about love. But life is about the individual. He that believeth on him, is said in verse 18, is not condemned. He, the individual that believes on Christ, is not condemned. But he, the individual that believeth not, is condemned already. Why? Because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Life. It's about love. It's about individuals. You see, Seth Beaver had more than just that temporal life that vanished on that Sunday afternoon. He had an eternal life because of the love of God for him and because of his love for the Lord. Seth Beaver, we knew him individually. He had a special place in our heart. Our love for him was individual. It's tragic. We read of people that die in car accidents every day. People that lose their lives in all kinds of different ways. But this life was different because he was an individual that had a place in our hearts. But thank God, as an individual, he had a place in God's heart, and he had responded to that. And so the life that we celebrate today, it didn't end there beside that road because that life goes on for all of eternity. Life is about love. Life is about individuals. And when you choose to love individuals, sometimes it will cost. Sometimes it will bring pain. Sometimes it will hurt. But we would not want to have it any other way. We would not want to have a life that didn't have those individuals that meant so much that it hurts when they're not there. Life is about love, it's about individuals. Life is really about faith. <laughs> you see, that's what makes the difference. What is your life? Is it only the temporal, the physical, that like that vapor appears for a little while and then vanishes away? Or is it like the one that we find in Seth's favorite verse, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever what? Whosoever believeth. Whosoever. It's only when that individual puts their faith in Jesus Christ and his finished work. Only there can they have this life, this other life, this life that is everlasting, this life that has no end to it whatsoever, the life that we can, we celebrate. The 17 years that we had of Seth Beaver in the flesh, the years that he impacted our lives, the years that that individual found a, a special place in our hearts. But thank God, he had a special place in the Lord's heart. <laughs> and thank God, 
that the Lord had a special place in his heart so that we don't have to dwell on just the loss, on that which we had for the 17 years, on that which was here as a vapor, and then it just disappeared, none of us expecting it. It was gone. But thank God for the other life that Seth Beaver had, (laughs) that life that's all because of love, that's all because of God's individual love for him and his individual response to God's love through faith, through faith. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You see, the life of Seth Beaver I want to encourage you with today, life is about love. It's about the individual. It's about faith. But thank God, it's about eternity. It's about forever. Something would be, well, there's only one way that you would not experience hurt, pain, sorrow at the loss. And that's to have not loved. Folks, it's not wrong. But the simple fact is we've got, we've got another side to that. Yes, we miss that life that was here with us but we would not bring him back for anything in the world to this life, knowing the other life that he has now, that life that he's with God for all of eternity. I remember <laughs> I told them at the funeral that it shows more on me than on Seth because, whew, boy, he loved to eat. <laughs> He didn't just love life. He, he loved enjoying life, and he, he enjoyed his food. One of the days he's here, we figure out, I mean, of course, he knows that, that, that one of my favorite foods is hot buffalo wings. <laughs> so I made up a big batch of hot buffalo wings for us while he was here. We sat there, and we had all this hot sauce, I mean, all over our hands and running down our faces, and we were just enjoying it. We looked there, and we were laughing about it. We're talking about how many these chicken wings that we were able to, to put away. And uh, he decided that uh, we were going to be buffalo buddies. And, of course, we'd been, we'd been kidding, about, uh, uh, kidding about being a redneck from North Carolina. And uh, so we decided in the end that, uh, that we were going to be the, the North Carolina redneck buffalo buddies. You see, the thing is, is that uh, Seth was uh, Seth was like family. Seth was like one of our own children. Seth was my brother in the Lord. Thank goodness. But you know, I said that to say this: Seth was my buddy too. We enjoyed some of those simple things in this life. And I don't apologize to you this morning that it hurts to know that that's gone. 
It hurts to know that that physical life, that one that was like a vapor that appeared for a while. Oh, but thank God. Can't you praise the Lord today that while it appeared that it touched your life, your life would not be the same if that vapor hadn't touched you. You would not want to do away with the pain and the sorrow and the hurt that you feel that is leaving it. Who have known him. For his life to have been a part of your life. And you see, I know this. I know this. We can trust the promises of God. So many things I'd like to say, but time is running out. I preached a sermon here probably, I don't know, two or three years ago. I don't expect you to remember it. <laughs> Taken from Ephesians chapter 3, verse 11. And I said, I guess I'd, I'd, I'd like to maybe use that thought to wrap this up today and ask you that same question again that James did. What is your life? What is your life? I thank God for the life of Seth Beaver. There's so many things that I could say, but I can't say. <laughs> that verse in Ephesians 3.11 said, According to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord, the purpose, the reason that something exists, the reason that something is done, the reason that something is made, it always has a purpose behind it. Revelations 4.11 says, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. Why? For thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. You see, whatever your need might be today, maybe it's just to find some peace and joy in the midst of something that has hurt deeply. Maybe it's to find strength because maybe in your own Christian life, you're just feeling weary and worn down. Maybe, if you'll pardon the expression, maybe it's the proverbial kick up the backside that sometimes God needs to give all of us. And again, we wouldn't want to be without it. Maybe today. Maybe God wants to remind you that number one, you only have the life you have, the temporal and the eternal, because He gave it to you. He created all things. All things are by Him and for Him. The life that you have right now is a gift from Him. You don't know what tomorrow will bring. None of us know what tomorrow may bring. 
I don't know if I'll even make it back to the service this evening, and, and neither do you. But God has given us the now. Maybe you're here today. Maybe you know all the Bible verses, and maybe you know all the religious things, and maybe you've even said this little prayer or that little prayer, but you don't know with certainty in your heart. You don't know that if this temporal life, this one that is like a vapor, that appears for a little while and then just vanishes away, you don't know that you have more than that. You don't know that you have that life that can only come in Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Maybe, maybe, even in the taking of this one, this one that we love so dearly, maybe God is trying to shake you up in more ways than you realize, to make you realize you don't know about tomorrow. You don't want to leave this world with just that life that is only a vapor but you need that life that can only be found in Jesus Christ. Maybe today, maybe today God is just wanting to shake you and remind you that you're playing with things you ought not to be playing with. You don't know. You don't have that certainty. Maybe he's used the life of this. You see, Seth was 17 years old. How many of you have had a laugh and a chat and a talk with him. Yeah, when we arrived there on the Tuesday night straight from the airport, the family was receiving friends as the body lay in state there in the church. This was supposed to happen for a couple hours from 6 o'clock to 8 o'clock in the evening. And yet as we arrived driving, I don't know, four or five hours from the airport to get there, we got there about 7.15 during the time of receiving friends. Two hours. Two hours. As people were queued out that church and out the doors and down the car parks, it took us two hours just to get through the queue to get to the front. Nobody was counting numbers. That's not what anybody was there for, but the Funeral Home estimated there was some probably 800 people that came through there that evening. Now, you know, if you were some young man in a big high school where suddenly all the high school turned out or something like that, you may understand something like that. Seth was homeschooled. This was just people that his life had touched that wanted to be there to show their respects. And you know, as many of us here, that there were many, many, many people that couldn't be there that would have been. I'm talking about on the day of the funeral. Yeah, nobody knows numbers. The, the, the church would seat something like 450 people, and, and yet... Every seat was taken and the choir was filled and the balcony was filled and they were lined down the sides and they were, they were waiting outside because they couldn't get inside. Not because he was 
a great world-known evangelist or a great name to this world. But because Seth Beaver's life touched a lot of other people's lives. You know, only eternity will know. I know that there that day in that funeral service, I know that it had to be over 20 people that raised their hands and said, I don't know Jesus Christ, but he did. But I want to know him. I know that his life had an impact while he was living. But I know that, boy, when that life that disappeared like that vapor so suddenly, it had an impact. And the truth is, is that Maybe even today. I don't, you see, I don't, I don't begin to try to understand God's reasons. People get angry and say, well, how can God do this? We should be thanking God <laughs> that he gave us someone that special for 17 years. God knew what he was doing. God, we know when we looked at that passage God had a divine purpose in his son, Jesus Christ. Purpose that you could be saved from your sins. Not God's will that any should perish, that all should come to repentance. I know that. Simple truth is, we look at that passage that God also has a purpose for your life and my life. God had a purpose for Seth Beaver. May I say this to you? We may think it robbery, but I can tell you for an absolute fact because of the things that I've seen God do, not only in the years that he was with us, but just in these past few weeks in his taking him, that his life counted for more with the 17 years that he had than many people that will spend long lives on this earth that will never count for anything in eternity. You see, today, how can, we, how can we truly honor him? May I tell you, the best way to honor his memory is the best way that you can honor the Lord Jesus Christ. What is your life? What's your life counting for? What difference is your life making? You don't know if you have tomorrow. Are you dwelling and putting your focus and your time and your efforts into that temporal that is just like a vapor that will appear for a little while and then it will vanish away? And yet so many people, that's where, that's where the focus is. Or will you focus on the eternal? What can God do with your life? You see, I, I'll be quite honest with you. <laughs> if, you if, if you just want to get all emotional about something because that Seth is no longer with us, shed a few tears and make a few promises that don't matter, then you're better off keeping it to yourself. But I want to tell you this. <laughs> if it can touch your life in a real way, 
I'm not so sure but what he wouldn't have willingly done it <laughs> if he knew what it could do for your life. I do know this. I do know this. God had a divine purpose. And I thank God that the purpose that he had for Seth Hayden Beaver included me. And I think many of you here today will say the same thing, that you're glad that his purpose for that young man included you. You know what? I don't think the purpose is finished yet. <laughs> I've seen God working. I've seen people come to say, boy, this has woke me up. Some of these people that had had the gospel presented to them many times, this has made me realize. Folks, there's nothing wrong with being awakened. There's nothing wrong with being shaken a bit. The wrong is, is when these things awaken us and shake us and we do nothing about it. I'm not here to play on your emotions today. I'm here to remember a young man that had a special place in my life and yours, my heart and yours, but a young man that had a special place with God. Life is about love. It's about individuals. It's about faith, and it's about eternity doesn't have to be just that temporal that appears and vanishes away. Your life can have a purpose, or you can waste it. What is your life? James asked. It's a very simple question. That would be my question to you today. What is your life? We're going to... Sing for our closing hymn, a great old hymn that I hope that you can leave knowing in your heart today. Song says, In the sweet by and by. In the sweet by and by. You see, I have every confidence today. I want to praise and thank God for the life of this young man. I want to praise and thank God that it was a life that was not only his own, but that was the Lord's. I want to thank the Lord that it had a place in my own life. I want to thank the Lord that I can have the confidence of knowing in the sweet by and by, when I see Jesus face to face, that I also have the privilege of seeing Seth Hayden Beaver once again. And I hope you can know that today. You see right here today, with every head bowed and as every eye is closed, just before we sing, Shelley begins to play. I want to ask you a simple question. Nobody looking around. I want to ask you a simple question today. What is your life? Do you know with certainty today that without a shadow of a doubt, you not only have this temporal life that is yours here in this life, but you have that eternal life. That a life, that life that is outside of time. 
And you know with certainty that one day, whenever this temporal life vanishes away, that you have a life everlasting through Jesus Christ. Would you slip your hand up and say, I know that today, preacher, and I thank God for it. I know that with certainty. Would you slip your hand up and say, I know that, and I thank God for it. Now let me ask you this. I'm not going to. You can put your hands down. I'm not going to embarrass you, but what would I like to pray for you today? If you're here and you say, I don't know that for sure. What is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little while and then vanisheth away. I don't know what's on the morrow, but I don't know that I have anything beyond that natural life. And preacher, I would sure appreciate your prayers today that I could have that certainty of knowing that eternal life in my soul. Would you slip your hand up and let me pray for you? Would you slip your hand up? God bless you. You can put it down. Anyone else? God knows your heart today. Will you be honest with yourself and with the Lord? You can have that certainty today. May I say this not to scare you, but because it's the truth. You don't have to leave here with that uncertainty today. We're going to sing this hymn in the sweet by and by. But I'm going to ask you, if you can't sing that from your heart and know it today, would you come down and let us pray with you? Either while we sing, if you're afraid you're chicken out, do it right now. Come to us during the invitation. Come to us after the song is finished. Just don't leave here today with that uncertainty in your heart. Leave here today knowing that you've got a life everlasting as we stand and as we sing together. There's a land that is fairer than day. And by faith we can see it afar. For the Father waits over the way to prepare us a dwelling place there in the sweet by and by. We shall meet on that beautiful shore in the sweet by and by. We shall meet on that beautiful shore. We shall sing on that beautiful shore. The melodious songs of the blessed And our spirit shall sorrow no more Not a sigh for the blessing of rest In the sweet by and by We shall meet on that beautiful shore by and by we shall meet on that beautiful shore to our bountiful father above 
We will offer our tribute of praise for the glorious gift of his love and the blessings that hallow our days in the sweet by and by we shall meet on that beautiful shore in the sweet by and by we shall meet on that beautiful shore in the sweet by and by i hope you have that glorious promise today of knowing not only one day in the sweet by and by will you meet the lord jesus christ but once again you'll be able to come face to face with seth beaver and others that have gone on before us and know that God bless you for being here this morning. I trust that uh, that you can celebrate, that though that we, we may not know all the answers and all the whys, God had a purpose. This young man's life has counted. His life has meant something to us, and it's going to mean something in eternity. We need to thank God for that. And we need to thank God that our lives can still have an impact, can make a difference. Our Christian walk, our Christian faith, it shouldn't just be something that we slip in the backpack and carry along when it's useful. It should be something that's there 24-7, all the time, 24 hours a day. We're there with the Lord. Your life can make a difference. God willing, this evening we're going to continue. We're going to give some of you the opportunity to pay tribute. Maybe thoughts of what Seth meant to you personally, individually. May just be that you need to just simply share with others how much you loved him. It may be things that God has spoken to you in the quickness of his being taken from us. But I know some of you have shared that you have things that you want to share. You want to be a part of. You couldn't be there. But we can do it together here. We're also going to have a couple of other songs. That One was the very last song that Seth wrote himself. Uh, it's not a professional recording. It's recorded with some friends. Uh, but uh, it was just a song that he had recently written expressing his love for the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we want to play that for you this evening. And also the song that, of course, many of you also know the Kistlers, who are dear friends of our church, of ours, of the Beavers. And uh, on the, uh, the day that uh, the accident occurred, uh, Nathan Kistler also writ, wrote a song as a tribute to, uh, to Seth. And we want to play that for you this evening, too. Beautiful words that the Lord inspired uh, uh, him to, to, to put down into pen and that he, uh, he also sang at the funeral. And so I hope that you can be with us. Uh, you know, it's not wrong to shed a tear. And it's not wrong to laugh amidst some of this. That's what life is about.
And I hope today that you can at least have been reminded of just how important his life was and how that, yeah, maybe it hurts. I'm sure that some of us have still not shed all the tears that we will shed. But boy, wasn't it great to have loved him and to known his love? Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad that you loved him enough that it can hurt? Aren't you glad that he was a part of your life? You wouldn't want to take that away. And as we remember him today, and thank God, thank God for allowing him to be there. I hope that you can join us again this evening at 6 o'clock as we just have a time of sharing together. I'm not even going to preach. I've been lucky to try to get through what I got through this morning, and uh, I hope that it didn't rattle around so much that it made no sense, but I trust and pray you can join us again this evening as we just have a time of sharing one with another. And again, the most important thing that I could leave you with this morning, what is your life? Have you only got that temporal? Do you have the eternal? If you don't know that, will you please, please come see myself, one of the deacons, one of these other Christians. You know, if there's one thing any Christian ought to be able to tell you, it's how they got saved. They don't need to know all the deep theology. If they don't know your answers, I guarantee you, they'll want to get you to somebody else that would, and there's not a, there's not a child of God here that wouldn't be blessed to be able to try to answer for you. God bless you for being here today, being a part of our service. I trust and pray that you can maybe be back again this evening. Brother Peter, would you dismiss us in a word of prayer, please? Ask God's blessings upon each one as we part company here. Mm-hmm.